0: wonderful show is keeping up with the joneses welcome to episode 179 of keeping up with the joneses this week we're going to be talking all about hope but first aj jones how the heck are you
1: i'm good how are you doing
0: i am i am somewhat full with not very good thai food and the other full with really good chocolate are they called pirouettes
1: they are called pirouettes
0: i used to Pretend I was smoking cigarettes with them as a child.
1: Yes. Well, they're yes. That
0: was a very emphatic yes.
1: Well, I remember you saying that when we, the first time I ever saw them, you said, I remember these, I used to pretend I was smoking with them as a child.
0: See, that was the insights to my childhood.
1: So there you go. You were just, uh, just rebelling there with little
0: rolled pastries. Growing up in the Brethrenhood in Dundee.
1: (laughs) In the Brethrenhood, yep.
0: Tell me about this week.
1: Um, it was it was a great week. Uh, I taught on Romans.
0: You did verse by verse.
1: Verse by verse through the book of Romans.
0: Well, you didn't get through the whole book.
1: No, we uh, got through about halfway through chapter 8. So tomorrow we finish chapter 8 and go all the way to the end of 16 in four sessions. Dear Jesus, please help me. <laughs> it's, it's quite the crazy pace. You're
0: poor students because you taught them verse by verse through Romans in the morning. And then I taught them how to read the Gospels in the afternoon. Yes. By the time I got them in the afternoon, I had to show mercy to them because they were just, they were all Bibled out. They were like, oh, have (laughs) mercy. They've been
1: beaten with something. (laughs)
0: Yeah. We need to look at that next year and not put those two weeks back to back. Yes. I might next week do like... Interpretive dance or
1: Ooh, You could <laughs> show them your famous move Oh Lord have you seen my hamster
0: I don't like talking about that because it makes it, it I mean I use that joke a lot Yeah But it the downside of that is it makes it sound like I don't have a value on prophetic dance And I actually have a high value on prophetic yes, dance Yes
1: so do I Yes,
0: Because our dance team Part of our worship and creative arts department Kill it Like when they oh, are When our dancers are not on stage It feels like we're missing a subwoofer Yeah or a tweeter, or it feels like a component of the worship team is missing.
1: I honestly feel like um, our our prophetic dancers are like a can opener in the spirit. Like they, they when they get out there, something shifts fast.
0: Mm, we had a pregnant prophetic dancer mm-hmm. two weeks ago, which th- th- that doesn't sound like the greatest combination, but it was an amazing combination. Well,
1: she's such a beautiful dancer and she's she just, she stayed so graceful, even though she's, you know, 30 something weeks pregnant. So
0: what a go, Sonia? Amazing. All right. So Romans, the gospels, our dear friend, co-pastor and colleague, Michelle Vauders was teaching in first year Yes. on the power of the cross. And she killed it. I wept. I was in for her first session. I was in tears and had to leave. Really? Yeah. I wow. just well I didn't have to leave. I had a meeting to go to, but I was crying <laughs> as I went to my meeting.
1: Yeah, I, I mean the feedback's been fantastic. So super proud of Michelle.
0: Come on. And then Monday night. Oh, I kicked off the year. You did. I kicked off the year at M&A with mm-hmm. a message I deliberately spoke, but I I would I met lots of first-time visitors and they're like, Oh, it was my first time here. And I was kind of like I'm so sorry, that was a really hard message, because it was a message all about personal responsibility. I loved it. But I, I hope people understand that the messages I preach were first preached to me by the Lord. Right. Like So I'm, it's
1: something you've had to own and walk through. And, yeah, yeah.
0: I just pass on the challenge and the discomfort. <laughs> he gives it to me, and I multiply it. Your special gift. Tell me about Wednesday night, because our kids' classes started up. They did. Our kids are desperate to go to church.
1: Yes. Well, kids clubs are on Wednesday nights. And so all of the different age kids have different types of clubs that they can sign up for. And so there was percussion club. And my goodness, it was so loud with the door shut. I was like, I don't know who they got to go in there. Uh, But there was a million, mostly boys, very smelly playing drums. (laughs) (laughs) Don't refer
0: to them as very smelly. Well, the
1: smell coming from the room was pretty mungent. Um, Oh, my God. they They were like, the children's ministry had two of those, like, vaporizer things that you put oils in to try and combat the smell coming from the sweaty Boys bongo room. So, um, <laughs> and then
0: boys bongo room.
1: <laughs> and then
0: oh, wow.
1: Uh, and then there was uh, like songwriting and stuff, which is what Abby went into. And she's bringing her ukulele this Wednesday. So she's super excited because Ryan told her if she learned these two chords, she could bring her ukulele and she'd be able to play along.
0: Yeah, we bought our daughter a ukulele for her Christmas.
1: Yes, and Who, she loves it. She was upstairs playing it for ages today.
0: Whose idea was that?
1: Mine. <laughs> Mummy win. Well, it's well, not. It's not that loud. I
0: think the win is yet to be determined. We'll, we'll
1: see. We'll see. But she loves it. Good. And then, then there's a baking class, and they're all in the. We have this like tiny kitchen at the back of the main building, and there was twenty little girls in there with the instructor and a couple helpers. 20. Baking? Yes. And decorating cupcakes and things.
0: Well, they came home super excited.
1: They were so excited. Yeah. So, yeah, that was awesome. And I sat in my office and, and I, I brought the switch with me. So I sat in my office and... Uh, Tried to play Switch for a little bit. I ended up having some conversations with people, so I didn't get to play for longer than about ten or fifteen minutes. People are
0: like that; they get in the way of a good I Zelda know, game. Like what I the heck, know. people? If if I've got a Switch and I've got headphones in, do not disturb. It's the universal sign of nerd lost in high. <laughs> I role. even
1: had my door closed and locked, but you know, some people they have keys.
0: Mm. That's yeah. why you take the switch and drive to remote car park. <laughs>
1: That's how you know you're an addict, right? When you like drive away in the back to shut off all the lights and just... The only thing they can see is the blue glow of the Switch player in the back of the parking lot.
0: Yeah, oh. I,
1: I was obviously have an advanced to a uh,
0: mm-hmm. true addict. We had some adventures this weekend because we had... Well, it wasn't a snow day. I don't want to mock it and say it was a snow day. It was a freezing rain day. School got canceled Friday. Yes, ice and- day. Yeah, because of, it was literally freezing rain and then ice. And true enough, it was. We woke up in the morning and we had icicles hanging off the car and mm-hmm. off the back porch. Which meant Friday, we stayed in our pajamas. Actually, Friday and Saturday, we stayed in our pajamas. and.
1: Yep. It was like a remake of our vacation. Vacation.
0: Our kids loved it. Yep. We got lots of cuddles.
1: Lots of cuddles. Lots of Zelda. Lots was, of playing. It was
0: glorious.
1: Lots of food.
0: And then Saturday we, we in we interspersed Zelda with tidying because today, Sunday, when we record this, we had all our small group leaders back for lunch and um you know, we want people to eat in a sanitary environment, so we thought we'd actually tidy up.
1: Yes, our house was destroyed. So
0: And then Sunday this morning Jeff has been on a on a series on hope, which has inspired us to teach on hope, which we'll do shortly. But tonight we're actually just back in from celebrating our wedding anniversary. <laughs>
1: Should we do celebrating in quotation marks? Because it was kind of like a... It was entertaining.
0: It was a comedy of errors. Yes. Basically, I was really excited because I was going to take you to this really, really nice steak restaurant. Yes. And I had a gift voucher and everything. You'd organize babysitters.
1: Yes. And I, we'd never been to this one before. And we tend to always go to the same places. So. It's the
0: oldest steakhouse in Nashville. Yeah. Super excited. Very excited. Looking up directions of how we get there. Closed on a Sunday. Yep. So... No problem. We went on a detour. We're up in Nashville anyway. And so you're like, oh, there's this great Vietnamese place. Now, usually the word great and Vietnamese, when they go together, truly, you're trying to find a hole in the wall. And you did find a hole in the wall. Yes,
1: yes. And I'd previously been there about six or seven years ago, and it still looked exactly the same. I'm pretty sure the sign is a little more faded, but it's the same place. I took
0: a picture of the sign faded. And by this time, I was excited because... I'm fairly picky, and by fairly, I mean really picky about the restaurants I eat at. But for whatever reason, I don't mind a hole in the wall if it's amazing food. Right. And so I was excited to go to what looked like your archetypal hole in the wall.
1: However, How- we we walk up and open the door and it says right on it, they only take cash or checks.
0: And we have neither. We didn't have either. So we were like, okay, all right, no problem. Third time's a charm, we'll go somewhere else. The third restaurant we navigate our way to, we miss the turn, but it doesn't matter, you know, it reroutes us. And it reroutes us to another restaurant with the same name. And by the time we pull up there, it was closed, even though it said it was open.
1: Yeah, we tried to go to Vui's, which is one of our favorite Vietnamese restaurants, but it was closed.
0: And now we were just ready to go home and call it a night, but we had a craving for Thai food. So on our fourth attempt, we end up at what is easily the sketchiest restaurant I think I've ever stopped at. Which I didn't mind (laughs) because again, we're
1: like, okay, hole in the wall, maybe it'll be good. Well, they often are. Right, except that it was more like trailer in a parking lot, maybe it'll (laughs) be good. (laughs) It It was kind of scary. I'm like pulling up, like, wow. But
0: the car park was full, which was a good sign.
1: Yes, and lots of people had told me before, like, when I have said things like i just miss having really good thai because we had a favorite thai restaurant in toronto that i just really miss and they're like have you tried this place and so i was sort of like okay well i'm game because this is the place everybody says have you tried and it's so great
0: it wasn't that great it wasn't but to be fair we could have got there on a on a rough night on a bum night but whatever we we had a good
1: evening we had we well we had an adventure didn't we and we we saw lots of nashville
0: an adventure is as good as a good evening, as they say. <laughs> but we did get ourselves his and hers matching gifts for our well, wedding anniversary. We did. Would Do, you like to tell the fine people?
1: Well, we got uh, I, I got Alan Amiibo and he got me an Amiibo for our anniversary.
0: I got AJ Princess Zelda and she got me the 8-bit link, for those of you who care. Yep. Do you think Zelda's taking over our life?
1: Um... Uh, maybe just a little bit Yeah, just a little bit you know i think what i like the most about zelda is for however long i play it that day which i didn't play it today but if i were you know whatever i played it for like 45 minutes or an hour last night yeah i don't think about anything else i just have fun and i de-stress you can actually switch off yeah i switch off
0: and we also bought ourselves a guidebook so that we can 100% complete the game like proper Because we need doors. to find all this stuff. Very good. And
1: there's stuff everywhere. So, yeah.
0: All right, our main topic for this week. Yes. Take it away, AJ Jones.
1: Well, I've been thinking about how um, Jeff's been talking about hope. And, you know, we were on year two, as I said, going through Romans. And just sort of thinking about, okay, well, there's so much about hope in Romans, um, and then he started with this verse this morning, uh, and that is Romans 5, verse 5, it says, And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. And I, I think it's interesting, like you when you read through Romans, you read through Ephesians, or many of the epistles, you're reading the letters of encouragement from a man who's currently in prison, you know. So Romans is actually written while Paul is in prison in Judea. He hasn't been to the church in Rome, uh, but he is the apostle for that church or over that church. And his heart is to go to the church in Rome. And until he can get there, he writes the letter to the Romans. And so you have to think, here's a guy who's imprisoned. So that seems dark and you know, discouraging and whatnot, who actually is encouraging others to hope no matter what their circumstances are, which is just, it's kind of cool, you know? Um, but I love Romans. It's such a great book. And actually, I was thinking, um, maybe, babe, I'd start from verse one and just read the first five verses. Go cool for it. So it says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's an interesting thing. Justified, uh, I have a note in my Bible, justified means just as if I had never sinned. So, therefore, having been made absolutely clean by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exalt in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations knowing that tribulations bring about perseverance. In some translations, that word tribulations is sufferings. And it means um, pressures, uh, you know, outside pressures or uh, places of discouragement. So um, it's not only this, but we also exalt in our discouragement or in the pressures that we're in, knowing that these tribulations or pressures Bring about perseverance and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Who was given to us. And Jeff was talking this morning about how it seems like those are kind of stepping stones. We start out in a place known as tribulation or pressure or suffering or whatever the thing is that we're going through. And actually, from that place, what God brings about is perseverance, the ability to stick it through, regardless of what the circumstances are, regardless of even if we want to give up, right? It's the ability to just keep going and keep pressing on. And what that produces is character. And it says proven character in the
0: NASB. These are not the happy stepping stones of the New Testament. They're really are they?
1: not. And you don't necessarily associate tribulation and perseverance and character with hope. But those are the three things that happen before hope actually starts to grow. And so I think it's funny because sometimes. I think hope is just a gift. You know, we sort of supernaturally receive this faith and hope and, you know, whatever. but sometimes hope grows, you know, hope grows because we don't let go of God and we know that scripture says we're going to make it. And so we just decide we're going to make it. And the Lord actually solidifies something in us. So hope has a place to grow. So that was sort of, you know, what Jeff was talking about this morning and I sort of, he had referenced it last week. There's that verse that people quote all the time, which I think is Proverbs thirteen twelve, where it says, um, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I remember when I was in, um, well, it was after my first husband had left and people would come up to me, and I just think it's a strange verse to use to encourage anybody, but they would come up and go, oh, AJ, I'm really sorry. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I didn't realize there was a second part to that verse, you know, because it just got quoted at me so many times and I thought, gosh, that's just not encouraging at all, you know, but the rest of the verses, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Like, yeah, we're going to have seasons where it's difficult and it feels like hope is evaporating, but actually when we persevere, when we hang on to God, we will see what we hope for.
0: It seems like if you squish both Proverbs and Romans together, the way to a longing fulfilled is. Patient endurance through the tribulations to form character, so you get hope. Yeah, so you return to hope again. Yeah, and you know, Jeff Jeff did a great job of unpacking that last couple of weeks. You was talking about the importance of just even standing, and after everything, stand. You know, to stand. Yeah, talk to me about some of the events in your life where you can uh, see those four steps going in life.
1: Well, I was thinking about like the whole thing of. Um, perseverance, you know, of suffering and perseverance. And, you know, we were talking in the car. I was thinking about when we were trying to get pregnant with Abby, um, you know, it it took 10 months and 10 months may feel like, oh, that's a really short period of time. But when every single month you're hoping, 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 and then uh,
0: 10 months is a short time after 10 months is over. Right. But when you're in the 10 months, you don't know it's going to be 10 months. Yeah.
1: And when you're in the 10 months and during that 10 months 14 of your friends get pregnant and you don't. It also feels a little bit like God might be laughing at you. You know, it was it was intense. I felt intense things. Right. And there's the choice to decide that God doesn't care about you and and go down that route and partner with everything that the enemy wants you to pick up wholesale or to actually persevere in faith and go, "You know what God, you've said, I really feel like you've said I'm going to have kids. I really, I think this is what you want for us. And and okay, it's it's ten months, and this is really painful, but somehow everything is going to line up in my life with the kindness of God.
0: You revisited that, of course, with MJ.
1: Yeah, and MJ was much longer. So for to get pregnant with MJ, it took us two and a half years, and. You know we we miscarried in there, like there was there was stuff, and um it was really hard, and you know, I was going for hormone tests, and my hormones were all over the map, and you know there was just it was it was like on many levels, it was just really, really difficult, and we really wanted to have one more child, and I really felt that the Lord had said we would have a son, and then we got this prophetic word about having a son. And actually, that's probably when hope started coming back, Mm -hmm. you know, was we got this word from David Wagner, and he was praying for us, and he was sort of being cagey. You know, he wasn't really saying what he was saying, but he was like, you know.
0: He was really, he was honoring the guidelines of our house. he was honoring the guidelines. He was not prophesying children.
1: But they have like four or five sons, and, and when he was done, we said, would you pray for us? We really want to have a son. And he said, well, I wasn't going to say anything, but that's what I saw. And he said, by this time next year, you'll be holding your son. And that was December 4th. And so I was like, oh, wow. And literally.
0: Immediately you did math.
1: Immediately. I started doing math. Of course I did, because that's what I do. I'm a planner. But I was like, oh, you know, oh, okay. I'm, I now have, I have the ability or whatever permission to hope again. You know, and so um, I remember in February sort of doing the math and going, gosh, it's got to happen this month or or David's word doesn't come true without it being preemie and I don't want another premium because I've had to.
0: <laughs> and I was just like, speak, Lord, your you were, servant heareth.
1: <laughs> you were like, if I must, I must. Um,
0: I will fulfill my mandate.
1: <laughs> and we did. We got pregnant that night. Um, and, you know, but it was two and a half years of disappointment.
0: Two and a half years. I mean, I, I'm—I was about to make a joke, and I'm not trying to belittle that two and a half years at all. But I was thinking about Abraham. You know, um, you know, Jeff was speaking about Abraham this morning. He too had a prophetic word, but it mm-hmm. took him what twenty five years, yeah. to see the fruition of that. Yeah, I, I've, I've, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I've come to really, really appreciate the long, the long game with the Lord that a lot of the promises he's giving us, I think we try and interpret in the immediate, but often they're like long-range words. Yeah. And the thing I love about the prophetic, I remember Isabel Allen teaching us this. She said, you know, often prophetic words are like a cup of uh, water at the side of a long marathon where you, you grab it, it refreshes you, and it keeps you going. And I think that's been the case. I think the power of the prophetic to... To instill hope in our hearts is amazing, but yes. it doesn't excuse us from the from the additional steps of perseverance and of character building.
1: And managing your heart when you don't understand what's going on. Right. I mean, that's all part of perseverance, isn't it? It's like, okay, I'm in the midst of something I don't understand. I'm in the midst of something that feels like pressure, that feels painful to me. Um, but I'm going to manage my heart. I'm going to choose to trust God. I'm going to... Keep pushing forward, and I'm going to stand firm, like you referenced earlier. you know that's from Ephesians, and again, you're back to Paul writing from prison these letters to encourage these people that are not in prison and saying things like, "Hey, stand firm there, hey, learn to hope."
0: he's the energizer apostle, isn't he? I Amazing. mean he's just constant influencer full of joy from the most unlikely of sources, yes. I think we were talking about this in the car on the way back from our, our date, and we were talking about what do you want to do in the podcast, yada, yada. And we were talking about, well, like, what examples do we have of of joy that's come out of perseverance, has come out of character being formed? And you were talking to me about something I was just thinking about, which is my relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, today, I think it's incredible that, no word of a lie, I hear God's voice as often as I choose to listen for it, which is a remarkable claim. But some 20, 25 years ago, I was desperate to hear God's voice, didn't even know if I could, didn't know if I was qualified, and yet began on this journey of study and of understanding and of of just thinking, is this even possible? Is this for today? Scripturally, it available for God to speak to people. Because I was raised in an environment where the only way God spoke was through the scriptures. I have a huge value for the scriptures, but I'm also, for example, I'd read about David going in before the Lord and inquiring about the Lord, and the Lord would just speak to him. And I would think, how is it under an inferior covenant, David got to speak to the Lord and the Lord would speak to him? And under the superior covenant, all, I'm not being facetious here, all I get is a manual, and i was just desperate to understand does god speak and it was a process of of tribulation of making horrible mistakes of making in my efforts to learn to walk falling down a lot so to speak right of perseverance, I didn't know how to prophesy my way out of a paper bag. I didn't know what was me, what was the devil, what was the Lord, if it was the Lord. I mean, I've got humorous stories of 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 thinking. I remember one night waking up and just thinking I, as I woke up and as my eyes kind of you know blurly opened, I saw this perfect green ring of light just floating beside my bed, and I was like, "Lord, is like is that you, mm-hmm. the Father of Lights? Is that an angel?" And then I was like, "Oh." No, it's my laptop charging, and I'm not wearing my glasses. (laughs) You know, I had all these things where I I was just trying to learn. You know, every time I'd go to the bank, I would ask the Lord for the name of the person who was serving me. And I would would always hear a name, but it was never the name of the person serving me. You know, all these kind of errors and just thinking, (laughs) I don't know, is this even possible? And today, you know, part of my job is teaching people how to prophesy, teaching people how to hear God's voice. And I have seen, you know, I now have hope. For other people, yeah, it's it's there because I've I've done it. If and and I would often ask the Lord because lots of my friends are prophets and they they seem to just be born with that gift. Yeah, and I was like, Lord, like you know, why is it? And I remember one day the Lord just saying, Alan, because you didn't know how to do it, you had to learn how to do it, and because you learned how to do it, you can now teach people how to do it. Yeah, and I was like, Ah, oh, great.
1: Yeah, I I think anything that you've navigated through to the other side, you have hope and faith to offer for those who haven't made it yet.
0: Which is why community is so vital. Yeah, absolutely. Being around people who are in a different, further along season of life than you, you can you can ride on their hope that it's going to be all okay. Yeah. Like when you're, just this morning I was with Mike and Sissy Pfeiffer, who I just love, they're, they're like grandparents in our church. And the two of them just came up on either side of me and they just put their their hands on me and they were just, you know, they were holding my arms, they were just speaking life over me. And I was like, oh, I can just feel the hope coming from them because they've not only raised kids, they've raised grandkids and just, you know, speaking life, and you just think, oh, we're in such an amazing church that is multi-generational.
1: Yeah. I was also thinking, babe, I, I'd love to, you know, with with the understanding of what you've navigated through, you have hope and faith for others, you know, is thinking about, you know, you're you talking about the prophetic journey, and I was talking about trying to get pregnant, but I would say probably my my biggest place where I have done the journey of suffering and perseverance and, you know, character and then hope is through this whole inner healing journey. And, wow, yeah. and, and, you know, I I used to have this reoccurring visual of me sort of, you know, I don't know how to explain it other than sort of like down like in a runner's pose. And then just trying to slowly push the darkness forward, you know, not even being able to stand up, feeling so much pressure, so much sadness, so much pain but just knowing if I can just get one step closer to the light, as soo- sooner or later, I'm going to break through. And I-, I felt like that for years, really.
0: Because, of course, you were the person that, you know, everybody refused to make eye contact with the church in case they got drawn into the kind of never-ending cycle of despair.
1: Yes, And I I mean I would say I had some days where I managed myself well and I had other days where I just couldn't. I had no I had no skills or or energy to manage the amount of pain that I was in. And so um but but it, it just felt like, oh gosh, am I ever gonna be healed? Am I ever not going to feel this desperate. Am I ever not going to feel this lonely? Am I ever, am I ever? And And it
0: didn't help that your professional counselors who were seeing at one point said, I don't (laughs) think there's any help for you. don't think you can be helped.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They said, we don't, we don't actually think that God can heal you. And I was like, (laughs) wow, wow. Thanks for that vote of confidence. You know, I I was, I was in shock. I was like, Oh, uh,
0: maybe this isn't your job. (laughs)
1: Maybe I shouldn't talk to you anymore. And, uh, you know, I went and got that prayed off, but but it did, you know, it was years. It was years of the Lord dealing with this incredible pain that I had carried for so long. And it did feel like, is this ever going to really shift? Am I ever really not going to be defined by pain? And uh, it's funny now because, you know, I remember maybe a year or two having a discussion with somebody who said, you know, I told your testimony to my mom, and she said, it can't possibly be true that you went through all that stuff because it doesn't show on you, and so it can't be true. And I said, could it not be true that God completely healed me? And she said, well, she doesn't think so. She doesn't think that ever happens. And I thought, oh, I never did either. You know, like, I I, I totally get it. I just thought, I'm always going to be defined by some level of pain. I'm always going to carry some level of disappointment. You know, and actually God is so good that when you look back, you realize the whole time he was peeling off layers. He was, he was, you know, yeah, he was refining character, but it wasn't like his master plan for bringing character in me was to put me through pain. You know, it was just, there was all the childhood pain and he was like, hey, honey, if you'll keep walking towards me, I got this, you know, so my. My encouragement, our encouragement to you tonight would just be, hey, hang on to hope. And and whatever you're in the middle of, whatever feels like it's a pressure for you, it's a struggle. Yeah, that's suffering. It is. It's suffering. Um,
0: and if you can't hang on to hope, just stand. Just stand. Refuse to retreat.
1: Yep. What, yep. You know,
0: weather the storm.
1: Push into the wind, baby.
0: Because goodness is coming. Yeah. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Even if it doesn't feel like it, right behind you right now is mercy and goodness. Yeah. And he's great. He he redeems everything. I love Joseph's line. What the enemy meant for bad, or what you meant for bad, God used for good. And your story's still being written. Don't don't think you've come to the end of the book. You're just at the end of the chapter, and the Lord is going to turn the page, and you're going to see amazing things happen in your life. And what you're enduring right now will be part of your testimony to help move other people forward, too.
1: Yeah. You'll be able to offer faith and hope on the other side as a lifeline to help other people get through.
0: If. You know somebody that as you're listening to this, you're thinking, oh, they would be super encouraged by this. Why not do them a favor and forward them this episode for a bit of a hope injection in their life? And if there's things that we can be encouraging you with, please reach out to us on Twitter at Alan, A L Y N A N D A J. Alan and A J on Twitter. Do
1: we have any listeners' questions this week?
0: We don't just have one, we have two. Ooh. The first one is from Michael. Yes. Hi, Michael. Brilliant question they were asked fairly often. He asked this, something I'm often confused about is tithing. Do I tithe on my gross income or my net income? Is this the same if I own a business, i.e. should the business tithe on the gross income it earns or on the net income it earns? Great question, very common question. I was speaking to somebody about this the other day, You know, I was having a conversation with them, and I was relaying that I'd had this question. And this person I was speaking to said, well, that depends. Did God give you the gross income or the net income? (laughs) That's really good. (laughs) That's a great question. All facetious questions and humorous questions aside, I think that the the answer to that is you tithe on your gross income because that's what's given to you. And you may say, yeah, but I'm obligated to pay my taxes. But Jesus knew about that when he said, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to the Lord what is the Lord's." So yeah, I tithe, we tithe on our gross income. It's the first thing that we do. Um because you can never outgive God, you're going to be surprised at what happens. Yeah. In terms of the second question, if you own a business, I personally, we have a small business that we have on the side, we do not tithe on everything that comes into the business, we tithe on what we take out of the business as our income because the business itself needs to you know, it has all its own costs, et etc cetera, etc et etc. Cetera, et cetera. And Dave Ramsey actually once said he said there's not actually a biblical mandate for businesses to tithe. so he says, in my business we don't tithe um you know obviously he does do charitable giving, but the salary that goes to the workers uh, he encourages them to tithe on that. so hopefully that helps Michael, hopefully that clears it up. Our second question comes from Sarah. She asks, I'm just wondering if you have any kids' Bibles and or devotional books that you recommend. I'm cautious about which ones I use with our little ones as some of them seem to present more of a a just-be-a-good-boy-or-girl message or simplistic stories rather than the message about the Gospel and the Father's deep love for them. We really love the Jesus Storybook Bible, but I've read through it many times and I'm looking for a few more to add to our collection. Thanks.
1: Oh, rats. I was going to recommend the Jesus Storybook Bible because I love it. And I think it's, you know, it, it would suit well what you're talking about.
0: Right. And our kids love that too.
1: Yeah. So good. Um, Yeah. Tia has her copy by her bed and doesn't let anybody take it because that's her favorite
0: one to read. So, what's the DVDs that they watch? Is it Storybook? The CBN, oh, the TBN ones? Yeah. Is it Storybook? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we um, there's some DVDs with uh, a bunch of different Bible studies and, uh, that are done by either TBN or the Seven Hundred Club. Do you remember? I forget. They're called the Storybook, and uh, they're about twenty minute little programs where basically there's a a hero guy and he goes back into time and he sees, you know, how. Different, you know different bible stories and then he learns the lesson of the bible story and whatnot they're they're really really well done yep um a couple of them are that. a couple of them are a little scary because they're like you know literally they'll be about the garden of eden and you'll see satan or you know stuff like that so um it depends on the age of the kids right you know um and how I would say probably how, how visuals affect them because some of our kids are dreamers and some of them are not. And so we've had to sort of uh, figure that out. But um, they're really good.
0: There's a great book for kids called A Boy Named Ben. Do you know anything about that?
1: <laughs> well, the, yes. Um, I mean, that's not so much, a, a course, of Bible or anything like that, but just I did a book called uh, A Boy Named Ben, which is a children's story I did about a friend of ours named Ben who basically found out how good and how kind God is and went around and prayed for everybody who, you know, moved or breathed or, you know, whatnot. And so, sort of talking about his adventure of learning that God is still speaking and learning that God is still healing and then what he did with that. If you want to have a look at the book, uh, you can go to com slash ben and uh, all the information is there for
0: that. Yeah, there's a little bit about the story behind the book, and there's a gallery of of pictures so you can get an idea of what it's like. But our kids have loved reading, it, and hopefully, it'll be an encouragement to your kids too.
1: I'm trying to think of other good uh, children's resources. I, I I suppose it depends on the age of your uh, kids. Our ten year old does have a like a legit Bible. It's not a kids' Bible. It's you know like a youth kind of Bible that she loves. Um, and it has little study points in it and little little facts and stuff like that. Uh, it is pink, so of course she loves it, yep, um but I just would uh, those are probably the main ones that I would think of,
0: and I would start telling your kids your testimony. the kids love stories, so I was telling my kids the other day just about my story with the Lord and how I met the Lord, and you know they they loved it. Sorry, we don't have any other recommendations um you know, if other parents have got recommendations they want, just uh, send it in to us or contact us via Twitter and we'll we'll read them out in, in, in future episodes.
1: That's a great idea. Yeah, I'm We full can get of them. some new
0: material. So there you go. Hope, tithing.
1: Children's literature.
0: Oh. All of it. Bad Thai food. <laughs> love it. Well, thanks so much for tuning in and listening to us. We love just getting to spend time with you each week. If you would like the show notes for this episode with a link to everything we talked about, go to alanandaj.com slash 179. Otherwise, we'll be back this time next week.
1: Bye. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with
0: every day from Franklin, Tennessee. They are just like you and me. Alan and AJ, keeping
1: up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith. Under the sun. If you are a human being, there's something here for
0: everyone.